Hey guys, welcome to RC Fartsy Immigrants. I just want to let you know that the majority of today's show was recorded on Tuesday, Election Day, November 3rd. However, if you would like to skip to the update from Wednesday, November 4th, we're going to attach that right at the very end. I predict that Biden will win and a possible civil war. Me personally, I'm conservative. I'm going to vote Republican. For women's rights, social justice, Black Lives Matter, environmentalism, and corona protections. Hello, Mo. How are you, my friend? Hello, Mr. P. I'm great. Nice to talk to you again. It's a pretty big day today. Man, yeah, we actually have a lot to talk about. I, we were just talking before we started recording that there's so many interesting topics about today. For those who um, are listening, you can probably tell from the title of the show that this is this is the big conversation that we're going to have about the 2020 election for the United States of America president between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And we actually collected some really interesting clips from people from all around the world, from from America, from people who have moved abroad, from Canadians, and just an interesting way to get some perspective on everything. And we want to ask ask some questions and kind of hear what people are thinking and feeling about this. So you guys are hearing this on Thursday, and uh, most of this show, I think we're going to do a little update tomorrow, but there will be most of this show from Tuesday. So today is actually election day. And in about an hour or so, some of the states will already start rolling in some of their results. And the interesting thing about this election is that, like you were telling me earlier, Mo, this is the first one uh, pretty much ever that will take some extra time to get the official results in because of the first real heavy uh instrument instrumentation or the first, <laughs> I only use fancy words but like the first real you know intense use of mail in ballots um i think they were saying that you know the final answer of or the final result of this election excuse me could really end up being uh several days away and didn't you say that obama was elected the day of and then trump in 2016 was elected the next day um yes that's because um we we want to talk about this <laughs> it started heavy this week um I want to jump right in because <laughs> what I to start with a with a transatlantic um points of view right in the beginning because I hear many Europeans saying and we also will have um voices on this show which say like yeah I hope to wake up on Wednesday and have a result on which outcome ever but the thing is it's right. not that likely that we will have a result um, by tomorrow. And people, especially overseas, like in Europe, um, think that it will be because the last two happened so fast. Obama, um, the result right. was um, was ready, I, th I think, this, yeah, the same night and um, Trump the next morning. And this year, because of, yeah, of, of postal vote, you, you, you mentioned it, um, that alone will probably delay a result for days, especially since Trump's kind of hate against um, against postal vote and his, his right. accusations of, of possible 
possible fraud, etc. I think they right. the um they will be extra exact on um counting those and that will take time obviously and so many people voted by mail obviously also because of big rony rony old rona changing the game since march 2020 well actually even before that but you know uh so we hear all the time that donald trump is a strong advocate against mail-in ballots and obviously a lot of people who are resigning to stay at home more often these days are more likely going to do that. There's going to be a lot of mail-in ballots because of, because of Corona, obviously. And I really wonder, you know, the, the, the information, like the, the statistics behind mail-in ballots more than often tend to say the same thing, which is that the likelihood of fraud is so minuscule that it's so improbable that that will affect anything to do with the official count of the votes. Um, do you have an opinion as a German as to why the current president might be such an advocate against mail-in ballots? Yeah, there is the there's one um, obvious point about it, and I guess many people have already heard of, heard of it, because um, if you look into statistics... Democrats are more likely um, to vote by mail, right? And that is, and plus, um, the elections in the past with um, a higher, um, higher rate of people um, uh, voting. What's the term? I forget. Like a higher, like a voter outcome. No, the 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 amount of people, the percentage of of, of the population that votes. I forgot the term. Registered voters? No, the 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 <laughs> the, the percentage like like okay, uh, the, the last election in the US 55% of Americans voted. What do you call that? Um 55% of Americans 55% of registered I would say registered Dude. voters or or No, it's not about the voters. <laughs> Whatever. I'm missing something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it is about in, in Germany, you call it Wahlbeteiligung. All right, like, you, you talk about it. I'm going to Google that word. Okay, no, but the, the in the past elections, when there was a higher Wahlbeteiligung, so more people voted. Voter turnout. It was, okay, it was more likely that um, it would benefit the Democrats. And that also um, works together with Corona because more people are likely to vote from home rather than going to... Um, going to vote in person. I'm sorry, just to quickly, are you talking about polls? Like Abstimmung? No. Um, There's also a translation that could be used. I'm talking about the rate of people that vote. Okay, okay. And I'm missing that term. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would you know say I turnout, mean? I think. Okay. Um, and yeah, and since, anyways, more Democrats tend to vote by mail, plus when more people vote, it used to more likely benefit the Democrats. Right. And more people vote by mail because of Corona. <clears throat> it makes total sense that he sees um, the enemy on this path. Yeah. This path. Um, and so he wants to, wants to work against that because Republicans are more likely to go out and vote on election day in person. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a really interesting, um, kind of debate situation regarding the whole election as, as to why I think maybe the biggest issue with this entire election is the case of information, how people get information, uh, why certain information is slanted or not slanted a certain way and how that benefits people and and who it benefits and how much it benefits them. Uh, Actually, just quickly before we dive in even further into this rabbit hole, which I'm guessing it will absolutely be. Um, I just want to say for those who are hearing us for the first time, uh, we're doing things a little bit different on this episode, just like the last episode. So we've got people who have sent in voice messages, clips, uh, perspectives, opinions about last week. We had a really great Halloween episode. You're welcome to check that out. Check that out if you're into like spooky stories and funny tales about Halloween. And this episode, we have had people send in their opinions and projections for, uh, for the 2020 election. Um, but we do normally interview, um, creative people from all around the world who, uh, try to live in a different country from the one they were born in. And they try to make a living in whatever field they uh, have a passion in, if that's music or film or television. So you're welcome to go back into our catalog and hear some great interviews. Um, we do plan to get some new interviews soon. Actually, I meant to tell you, Mo, I have about three people lined up that I'm trying to get for the next episode or two. I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Um, if you are already a fan of this show, you can support the show. You can go to patreon.com slash Jordan Prince. That's me. You can go there and for as low as $3 a month, you can, uh, pay a little bit towards, uh, what we do here towards maybe getting new, uh, microphones or getting better software, or even just getting me and Mo a pizza the next time that we meet up together. Every little cent counts. And, uh, you can also go wherever you're listening to this show. If it's on, um, Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever you can, um, maybe you could share the show or put a little comment or a like, you'd be so surprised how much that really helps shows like us. It really helps people find these new, more, more cult sort of indie shows. Um, and we would really appreciate it. Or even just telling a friend by word of mouth, it really goes a long way. Um, I just wanted to get that out here at the top of the program. And yeah, like, like we said at the beginning, there's so much crazy stuff to talk about. There's so much loaded into this election that, you know, like it, it's the most anticipated election of the, of probably our generation, honestly. Yeah, and I want to, I want to start a shitload of uh, stuff we have to talk about of with a little, um, cartoon I've seen today. Obviously I can't show, show you the cartoon, okay. cartoon here, but w- what it says, um, and it's by this guy. I, I have told you about him, um, earlier, in some episode, Margot Vickling, who wrote a no- novel with the communist cam- ca- kangaroo. And he, oh, right, he does, right. um, since today, I guess it's the first one, cartoons. And so it's, it's him and the kangaroo sitting in the kitchen. And the kangaroo is, is uh, reading the newspapers. It's about the US election. Um, and it comes down to, he says like, okay, their whole voting system, just like we said, is so complicated why has it to be so complicated and then the other guy says yes especially why don't they just only vote in pennsylvania and florida and let it be because that's what it comes down to and i find that a super funny idea let let the u.s votes just happen in pennsylvania and florida and you guys would save a lot of time and work since your system is so weird that's so true man yeah 
certain, uh, I don't, I don't know how much of a swing state Florida is. I guess it's a, I'm not sure like if it's in the top, I guess that if it's, if it's in this big joke, then it must be one of the bigger swing states, but I know Pennsylvania is kind of on the line. Yeah. Right Trump now. Trump has won Pennsylvania um, in 2016 by less than one percentage point. That's really crazy, man. Yeah, this whole thing comes down to, yeah, I mean, I think an interesting maybe angle to approach this is that, like we talked about earlier today, that a lot of people aren't necessarily, those who are choosing to vote for Biden, maybe aren't necessarily voting because they love Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. A lot of people are voting for them because they are trying to vote against Trump. And I think that's a really interesting perspective to think about because, you know, choosing what people would consider the lesser of two evils in a way, not to say that um, either person is evil, but just to say um, choosing between two options that neither that you, God, choosing between two two things that you don't want is kind of not really an ideal election in any case. I mean, that's how a lot of people felt about Clinton and Trump. I mean, I voted for Clinton and of course that wasn't the person that I wanted. I do think that a woman should lead the country. I think we're overdue for that. Um, and at the time I thought Trump was kind of doing it as a, as like a stunt or a joke or something kind of like Borat. I don't know. Um, but now of course there's a lot more at stake and a lot has changed in the last four years. Like quite a lot actually has changed in terms of the whole landscape of global relations and especially within America, the, the trust and the information is so skewed. And so, um, I don't know, like this sort of trust in the people and in, in authority has been so abandoned and so twisted because of the, how the system has changed. I mean, or maybe the bad things of the system were there before, but they have been heightened and emphasized and, and highlighted even more so since Trump has been put into office. And that's what we have a lot of people uh, writing in about on this episode is that they're not really trying to vote for Biden. Some of them are, but most of them have the mentality of trying to vote Trump out. Um, let's let's break that down. I, I think we can we can tell a listener this, this, that because I'm pretty sure you're not a voter of the grand old party. So who <laughs> would have been your... I voted for Kanye West. <laughs> no. <laughs> you should not do that. If you are in the US and you are you have not decided on who to vote yet, do not vote for Kanye West. Please um, don't do that. Don't waste your vote. Um but who would have been your uh, democratic democratic candidate? You know, I didn't have any issues with um Pete Buttigieg. I kind of liked him and I I liked the idea of having an an, an openly gay representative in the world of in America's uh, political sphere. I think that's so overdue. And I think America's perspectives on things like women in power and uh, homosexuals in power is hyper conservative in a way that doesn't necessarily reflect the progressive nature of people who are pushing for the rights of these people. It doesn't make sense that we don't have more people in power who represent the beliefs of the youth and the changing yeah. world. I think the entire landscape of America's political debacle right now is kind of tangled up in this kind of this perfect way with this Bob Dylan lyric, which is um, 
I'm just paraphrasing, but I, I love thinking about this and I have discussions with older people using this line a lot, which is just basically, um, a new road is coming. Yeah. And if you can't lend a hand, get out of the way, you know, and that's the times they are a changing. And it's just, it's perfectly describes this mentality that a lot of people, especially in America and especially within, within the social and kind of ideological bubble of America, which I want to talk about later, I think they kind of believe that the way that they grew up with things is consistent with how things are now, you know, how the money that they dealt with at the time when they were maybe in their twenties is the same kind of money that people in their twenties today in America are dealing with. And the same way that maybe when they were in their twenties, they had, they didn't see as much crime against African-Americans. They didn't have any of these, they didn't have as an aggressive of a campaign to save the climate as they do now. And I think a lot of older people probably believe that these campaigns and these riots and these uh, speeches, or maybe maybe they think they're kind of over-dramatized, or maybe they think it's just young people um, using these themes as a way to manipulate a vote so that it it affects the economy or affects the... I don't know, affects the taxes in, in some way. I think there's some kind of twisted line there between how people view the way that America used to work, although not perfect, but still better than now, as opposed to maybe how they see people's interpretations of change now. Does that make sense? I think they, they're kind of stuck. Yeah, that does make sense. Plus um, the fact, and we also talked about this when we talked about uh, racism in Germany, um, right. is that many, um, I would say older people and leave a wide range there um, from certain part from from certain parts of a country um, do just not um, live through changes in society. And America is a very diverse society now in the year twenty twenty, and right. the people who um, vote for old white men are are mostly if they don't have to because those those are the only options um during the campaigns are are people who i guess do not um do not see that like so many people living probably in in rural areas um in 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 in, in small towns in villages where right. um <clears throat> where a change within that group of people living there and more diversity there um, goes a longer way because um, of urbanization and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, so that that that's for sure. Yeah. And what I would have loved about Pete Buttigieg is the pure idea that if he <laughs> would have been the Democratic candidate and would have mm-hmm. won the election, simply the idea mm-hmm. because it's the obligation of the um, current vice president <laughs> to proclaim the final result is having Mike Pence having to pronounce that a gay man is the new president of the United States. <laughs> oh man, that would be so cool to see that, to see them both on the main like inaugural, inaugural stage sort of passing the torch. Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, 
you know, four years ago and even this year, you know, in, in an ideal world, I was definitely a supporter of Bernie, but America, America's not ready to see change like that. And I think that's really unfortunate because, you know, now that I live in Europe, now that I live in Germany, you know, the, the things that he's pushing for are the most standard, basic practices of national government in Europe. Yeah. You know, he's just pushing for healthcare. What's, what's so bad about that? You know, I've had conversations with Americans who tried to debate that, you know, what they prefer is the choice of their healthcare provider. They like being able to choose or maybe even get a certain kind of healthcare through their job. They prefer their own private healthcare. And my, my problem with that, although I do believe that um, maybe, maybe their experience leads them to feel that that's the best option. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think there's kind of, they're kind of missing a bigger picture, which is just that, if you had, I don't know, it's hard to say because I think the argument always comes back down to this conversation I had with Miko, this interview we had with Miko over the yeah. summer. Um, and if you don't know that episode, please go back to, I think it was July, her name is Miko Miko. Um, and she's a musician, she's an American, and she lives in Hamburg. And she she has these incredible stories that really put into perspective the differences between the American healthcare system and the way that it's handled in Europe. For example, uh, in my case, it was ordering an ambulance. You know, you you have so many stories of people in America who don't even call an ambulance if they're injured because they can't afford it, which is like unheard of. And then in her case, you know, she talked about how expensive it was to have a baby in America. It was what was it like twenty five or sixteen thousand or twenty thousand dollars? Sixteen thousand dollars. Plus the year after or yeah. something, her husband has to have had to have his appendix removed, and that was about like eight thousand right. dollars or something. Yeah, but that, that right, that's right. That, that's a, a topic on its own. But one thing I, I, I yeah, think, I just want to let yeah, me just sorry. let me just finish that little point. Yeah, just want to because I, I kind of branched off just to meet it back at, at the top, which was just that you know you have these stories of how how everything can kind of be, but the American perspective on things like healthcare are are projected as too socialist, which is kind of funny when you live here and you see what socialism can actually be. And you see in America that they're pitching for this stuff and that's not socialism. It's actually not socialism, but they're pitching this word socialism. They thought Barack Obama was a socialist and the most democratic candidate in America is so far away from a socialist. It's laughable. Yeah. So again, I think this whole thing about all elections, about all politics in America, it comes down to information. What are you actually being told is right? And how can you base your your gut instinct off of false information? Yeah, Yeah, and that is super fun because we had this uh, conversation earlier about um, people, more conservative people um, within the US, having fears that with Kamala Harris as a possible vice president, Right. There would be a, a socialist takeover. And if you look at what Kamala Harris has done so far in her um in her career, and if you comp- if you if you bring it to Germany, she could be with her positions and the things she's she's she has done, she could be a part of the conservative party in Germany 
with some with right. some more progressive ideas regarding women's rights, etc. I think what's interesting is that just that statement alone that you've just made would probably make some Americans shudder. You know, like she would be a conservative. How, how insane! People even live in Germany. How can they even do with it? Are they all just having orgies on the street? <laughs> you know, it's like. That that's it. you know what's funny is I think a lot of Americans don't know, and I'm I'm saying this because I am American, but I, this was something I didn't realize until I came here, which is just that most countries view view the politics in American in America as similar to a third world country. You know the healthcare system, the the voting system. The ta- like everything it's very it's like a third world country it's really it's so behind it has it's not caught up yet yeah and that and that and that goes a goes a long way back when you when you think about um and that that's that's something that has to do with history because um this myth i would ca- i call it um myth by purpose of the biggest and strongest democracy in the world um is based on it being so old. And other countries, like Germany, because um, I guess all of our listeners know a little bit uh, about history, what happened here, also America's role in it. Um, And countries like this had to set up um, democracies not that long ago. I mean, your voting system is from the 19th 19th century. At that time, Germany wasn't even a country here. And the, the, the German <laughs> democracy as we know it now has to had to be had to be set up after World War II, after the Nazi regime. And so it's and so it's it's not just um you can't just finger point at um at America and say, Okay, how how dumb are you? Um because in True. in Germany True. they had to set up at a completely different point in time. I mean, what has happened between I don't know, 1873 and 1945, industrialization, right. world wars, etc. So obviously, the democracy built up here um, has other values and basis on other things and um, right. and handles things on another level. And even Germany is not such of a progressive country if you compare it to other countries like some Scandinavian countries like New Zealand or whatever. Um Exactly. But yeah, the, the that's democracy true. that that currently works here has been built up at a completely different point in history, and I think the problem in the U.S. is is that the, <laughs> that um, you are so peri- <laughs> sorry. I'm saying you you are so periodic, and you <laughs> trust your system and your strong democracy, which is basically don't get me wrong, it is a great thing so much that so many people don't see any need for overthinking certain systems and um, progresses or whatever. And right. I mean, for me as a European, it is still crazy that that Americans have a voting system that is that old. Like the, right. ho- the whole electoral yeah. college um, is built up on the idea <laughs> that you don't trust your, your, um, your population enough to vote by themselves. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. It's a very, very strange 
loss of trust somehow or like a system built on an old mentality. <clears throat> I don't yeah, know. But, um, I don't know. Um, we could get back uh, on the later in the later at a later point in this episode to the um, what for Americans might be socialism, etc. In this episode, um, right. when we talk about consequences um, through this election, because um, I've done some, some research again on what could possibly happen, happen talking about riots, looting, etc. Some people even talk yeah. about um, a possible civil war. And that is something that alt-right people set up perfectly in the past uh, few years. This myth of a very strong um, socialism that is about to take over the U.S., which is if you, I really, I really wonder what some people think that that means. You know, it's it's almost it's a very easy manipulative blame tactic to kind of say that if if you don't believe what I believe and vote the way that we think you should, that you're setting yourself up for for a dangerous overtaking of society that you're not capable of withstanding. You know, it's fear-mongering. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's a Democrat in office. It doesn't matter if there's a Republican in office. Most of America is probably not going to be overtaken by fucking anything. You know, you're going to have probably problems China, with taxes. You're going to have it. problems with... <laughs> yeah, maybe China. That's fair. They could take over anything at this point. But, you, you know, you, you're, you're going to have, like, systemic issues. You're going to have uh, problems that need to be fixed on both sides. And that's true, but it doesn't matter. Like I wouldn't, even if Donald Trump wins again, and by the time you hear this, you might know more. Maybe he did, right? I don't think that, maybe I'm talking out of my ass because maybe right now on this Thursday in in America, there's like some crazy riots and buildings are burning. But I honestly, I think most of America is going to stay as it was the last four years, which was, that there will be a portion of America that will be a little bit disillusioned and extremely happy because it maybe makes them a little extra money. And then there will be another big portion of America which is disproportionately abused and forgotten and kind of neglected and very unhappy. And that's just kind of the way it is. It's, even when there's a Democrat in office, then there's maybe a different portion of people who feel like there's a chance for them to escape the cage that they're in systematically and they're a little bit happier. And then there's another portion of people who feel like the person in office is a psychopathic, uh, you know, socialist monster who's trying to, you know, dis disestablish the entire system that our that our great country was founded on. And, you know, there's there's like bogus extreme arguments for either side. I do think that Donald Trump is a bad president, but well, that's just enough of a statement on its own, but I, I just think that there's there's no reason to have this over-intensified American fear-mongering of either side. You know, you're going to be unhappy or you'll be happy that someone's in, you know? Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I, the thing is, I don't want to let it, I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like I don't think that Donald Trump particularly is a president to be feared because of the the terrible state of America from the last four years. I, I don't want that to be misunderstood. I, I do believe that he is a particular special case in this way that being afraid that he's in office is is understandable. Um, but I think in general, 
that between the two parties they allow you to choose from most of the time, that when the other party tries to convince you that if you don't vote their way, that you're going to be overtaken by some regime, like it's going to be Sharia law. That's the part that I disagree with. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So please stop trying to scare people into voting your way. I agree with you in terms of this um, general kind of myth and storytelling um, parties do, I think, in, in campaigns before most of the elections. But I have to disagree at one point because you said that's not going to happen. And the potential for big conflicts within the US, like um, you guys over there haven't seen in tens of years, um, maybe hundreds of years, um, is humongous. If you look at, at, at statistics, if you look at um, what, what, what experts say about that, Mm-hmm. Because there is, um, because the, the the thing is, it's like playing a board game with a group of, of children and one of them doesn't play by the rules, but you cannot stop the game. And that is the issue. So the right. potential for frustration <clears throat> and for bigger conflicts is great. And that is... Um, Something That's I still feel. I did miss. I, I miss. No, no. There, I, yeah. I agree That's with true. you with the with the general idea that this this kind of storytelling parties do, um, before before elections in their campaigns, that you're totally right, right with this. In in, so it's and it it is not gonna happen that if Biden wins and Kamala Harris will be a vice president, there will be no socialistic regime, or the other way around, there will be a Nazi regime. But right. the potential right. for. <clears throat> fights for for conflicts with that's with, very real exactly yeah that's the, the only difference i wanted to make that's absolutely right yeah that's I'm, I'm glad you you noticed that um should we listen to a to a clip or two and talk that's about what i them? wanted to ask you let's do it man who do you have in mind um you choose one and while you choose one on your phone i can remind you guys just like if you have heard our very last episode the Halloween special, we have again collected some voices from all around the world would be a bit too much to say, but um, from the United States, from (laughs) Germany and from Canada on people's opinions and maybe their personal forecasts and expectations for tonight's, so we record this on Tuesday, November 3rd election, and I think we are ready to listen to the first one now. This is a clip from a wonderful uh, German girl who her name is Kati and she has this kind of dream for what America might be uh, tomorrow morning, maybe Thursday. Or no, you're listening to this on Thursday, so <laughs> today's Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. Hi, my name is Kati. I'm from Munich, Germany. Jordan asked me to give my opinion about the American election today. Um, so I can just say I I just hope to wake up Wednesday morning hearing that the new president of the United States is Joe Biden. I hope that the count of votes is so obvious that it's not followed by a long back and forth of protest and objections. 
I just hope that the results will reflect the open-minded opinion of the people I know living in the States. That they not have to deal with another four years of violence, abuse of office, suppression and destruction. I just wish that they get the chance to live in a great, open and future-oriented country again. Well, I wish it for them and I wish it for us too. Yeah, man. Nice uh, nice heavy words from, from Kati there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, one point she mentioned there, thank you a lot, Kati, um, is the one we already talked about. Um, we don't want to destroy your hopes, but it really can be that you don't wake up tomorrow on Wednesday and already have a result. That's the one thing. And the other thing I think we could talk about is probably, you can even call it the need for clear result that doesn't allow any room for misinterpretation or arguing about it like she right. called it a big right. back and forth between two parties yeah i think this is probably one of those i mean it's been discussed a lot but this is one of those very special situations where it probably will be a lot of um i don't want to say like sneaking but i, I think it's going to be one of those situations where if either party wins there will be a huge um uh, for example Do you remember uh, the election in 2000? That was the one with Al Gore. Yeah, that was the one with the pr problematic um, counts in Florida, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, there was, I mean, it was a huge, 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 uh, I, I don't want to say the word scandal necessarily. I mean, there's been lots of lots of books and articles and, and even some movies about this, but, um, you know, it was pretty clear to a lot of people pretty early on that Al Gore had won the vote. And then there was this very interesting recount um, that caused a lot of concern and a lot of suspicion. And by the end of that recount, George Bush had won. And I think we might be seeing that kind of same, uh, that we might, we might be seeing the same thing repeat itself again here. I think when either person wins, the other person will probably, um, use every last drop of power that they have to, to, um, de what I want to say, like they want to debate it or they want to, you know, attack it in a way. Yeah. And, and let's, let's, because let, let's think through this. What is the best mm -hmm. case scenario for this election? It cannot be a close, a close call between the two guys. Because Trump already said, right. I can only lose this election if they manipulate it. So we know that he right. loses yeah. by, I don't know, let's call them a few votes or whatever, there will be right. such problems. Well, I saw today, they, I've been watching the, like the live updates, you know, people talking about the campaigns and, and what certain states look like and stuff, the, the projections. And they did say that if the electoral votes are within five, I think it's within five votes of each other or 5%, that's worthy of, uh, that's within the window of, of a recount. Yeah. So that's, yeah, of course, the ideal option is that it does not stay within that window. Exactly. And that it's a very clear number because the thing with Clinton, of course, was that it was only three million more in the popular yeah. vote in the electoral college was was a very different number. Yeah, that is a thing. And um, let's look at the concrete best case scenario at the moment. And I'm looking at um, you. You might know it. I guess many people might know it. If you do not know, visit the site uh, 538.com. 
a great uh, statistics site, which also which is uh, one of the best friends for for journalists if they want to check up on things um, uh, regarding statistics uh, on this election. You write it the number out like 538.com and th their forecast is Biden is favored to win the election and they do not uh, do the basic mistake to just um, look at the total numbers of of um, of a survey because that failed 2016 you remember Hillary Clinton was favored by that to to win the election but they kind of I don't know really know how to describe. You have to look at it, but they they um, have an algorithm run through all of the possible scenarios um, and then get yeah. the result. And you have it seen it with a little fox. Hey there, I'm Favi Fox, and I'm here to show you around. Each of these maps is on is an example of how things might shake out on election day. And there is two. Those are maps of the United States with the with the federal states and colored in red and blue, obviously. And there's two scenarios with a Trump win and like four, six, ten, sixteen um, with a Biden win. And the thing is, if we kind of try to trust that and Biden will win this election and he will not win it that clear that there is no room for misinterpretation this will go back and forth for a longer time i mean obviously we talked about that it's not likely that uh, um all votes are counted until until wednesday um right looking at the laws and regulations i've looked that out somewhere um the federal states have um time until december 8th so still a month to go to certify their results. So until then, there can be uh, recounts. And until mid of December, um, you could also contest that result. Until when in December? Could you still <laughs> it contest says, it? It says like um, minimum December 8th and I guess max uh, December 23rd. Okay. So it could happen that when this result isn't super clear that um, this whole thing <laughs> until Christmas people will not know who's the, no, who's the new president for sure that's pretty crazy yeah that's very and unheard that's of crazy. I think and Biden, Biden on the other and a Trump win if by any reason um, let's keep my personal opinion out of here but if by any reason um you favor a Trump win, um, right. you have at least no big issue with the opponent party because Biden already publicly said in the first debate he will not challenge um, the result, whatever outcome it might have. Oh, he did yeah. say that in the first debate. Okay. Or was it the second one? I'm not sure about it. But oh, he I'm said not sure that which one, but within that's one of interesting the that he said that. That he will accept the result by any outcome okay do you think he maybe propositioned that because he wants to try and um seem more honest yeah and i guess to 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 match the 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 right anti-position to trump 
who's before him said yeah. the exact opposite. Yeah, that makes sense. He wants to say something yeah. that's not connected to. Let's hear another. Let's hear a short one from uh, the American Miko, who is living in Hamburg. Hi, my name is Miko, and I'm from Macon, Georgia. I predict that Biden will win and a possible civil war. Yeah, fun. Cool. Damn. Okay, nice and positive. Thank you, Miko. <laughs> she bringing in them good vibes. Okay, so she's got she's got mixed feelings. She's saying she thinks yeah. Biden will win, but then it's going to lead yeah, to a the, civil the, war. But that perfectly okay. that perfectly connects uh, to the point that we just talked about. Because imagine yeah. Biden wins, and um, I've I've read this uh, this beautiful last sentence in the long article about the about the election in Süddeutsche Zeitung today. And it said, mm-hmm. paraphrasing this by uh, like, um, whoever might win this election has to know that around half of the of the population of the United States will not be happy and partly hate him. Right. And that is the yeah. thing. And plus the fact that um, if Trump will not win, he will probably. It it would really surprise me if he would do nothing. If it's if it's close call, and he would do nothing, it would really surprise me to be honest. Yeah, it would surprise um, me too. I, I I have no doubts, or I have no, I wouldn't uh, be surprised at all if he absolutely exactly. contested plus, any any plus, difference. Um, and a civil war is a very dramatic scenario. But if you regard how sure. Trump publicly talked, especially um, also twittered, and and motivated his right. His, I would say, more alt right people, um, to check on, to check on the votes and to to overwatch the voting process, etc. That's something that's partly illegal, by the way. Um, also in the US, I, I looked that up. That you as a as a, um, that civilians um, kind of overcheck the voting process in 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 big numbers, um, plus. I don't know if you if you have heard about this story with the with the um, with the Biden campaign bus in Texas. No, or was it in Texas? I'm not sure if it was in Texas on Friday. Yeah, tell the story though. Um, it's really interesting. There has been I don't know if this happened in Texas, but after that, Kamala Harris. I'll look at I'll look at that point. But after about. after that event, um, Kamala Harris canceled several um, campaign events in Texas. So. Um, on a highway, it was in, te- okay, it was in on Texas. On a highway yeah. in Texas, there was a Joe Biden campaign bus rolling, and then I don't know how we call it in English in Germany. You call it convoy, a, a group of cars, basically. Yeah, it's the same. It's okay, the same a, in English. A convoy, a convoy of yeah. um, of pickup trucks and any kind of cars, which were um, Trump supporters, showed up and tried to crash this bus while rolling at a high speed. And even one car of a of a um, of an employee of Joe Biden and one Trump supporter um, pickup truck collided. Um, there, no real accident happened. Nobody was 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 hurt. Um, and Trump after yeah. that tweeted a video of this. And everywhere else, you would expect 
to ha- have a politician say like, okay, what the fuck are you doing there? I'm glad that you support me, but don't do this bullshit. To break it down. Right, And right, he just called right. those people, just like he does with the Proud Boys and all of these other fascists, etc., good patriots, good patriots. And he cannot see anything they did wrong there. He said, yeah, Saturday, President Donald Trump tweeted an edited video of the truckers surrounding the bus with the caption, I love Texas. Yeah. A day later, he tweeted a screenshot of the FBI's statement urging the FBI to investigate terrorists, anarchists, and agitators of Antifa instead of the Patriots, who he said did nothing wrong. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just too many countless and stories that, and, like and that. And that is exactly the point. Like, um, yeah. I have read today that the um, International Crisis Group has um, said... I have to translate that again because I've read it in German. Um, word by word, the ingredients for riots and the civil war are given within the US and President Trump does everything to support that at this point. Um, mm. And that is the, is, is, is the, big, the big issue. So if Trump does lose this, this election... And right. like we think he will do, he will try to challenge that. There will also be conflicts coming from the right side and it could be super problematic. We've, I guess many people have already seen the pictures from Washington and New York City where shop owners um, build up barriers, etc. because they fear riots. Partly also from the left side, that's another um, topic, but... <laughs> We, the U.S. have no president at this moment. That's what we can say. Um, who would go on against any form of violence against the political opponent? Okay. Um, let's listen to an American named Bruno, who is living in New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> Bruno Doria from New Orleans, Louisiana. It's November 3rd, election day here in this beautiful country that we live in. It's amazing that more people have voted already before today than all of 2016's, you know, election, which means there's more people interested in in the voting power that does exist in this beautiful country. And so I feel like it's going to be a better representation of who we truly are. I feel like our country is very polarized, so it's hard to say who's actually going to win, Biden or Trump. Biden being the, the contestant in this year's reality show that I'm going for, but uh, we'll see who ends up winning the uh, reality show that is politics. Um, hopefully... Whoever does win, it will just be the uh, person who most likely is representing America in this crazy 2020 year. So, but really what I wish is we weren't so polarized and that we could have a candidate that truly represented us, which, you know, someone who represents all different types of diversity, 
love and and um, looking to change the crooked system that actually does exist here. Um, but my vote is that as long as we don't digress, we'll progress. So that's why you have to vote against the evil that exists. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. Thank you for that. That's one. Bruno. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think America is ext- like we've been talking about. I think America is extremely polarized. It, you know, that actually makes me think about this. I wrote this little thing down earlier before we started the show. And it's, it's nothing that no one hasn't already thought about. It's pretty obvious, but in my head, I, you know, it's like this four way split. I think right now America's in this really perfect four layer split, which is, which is why everything is so heavily, heavily, heavily divisive. You know, I think a lot of people were already kind of on the line of splitting and pushing against each other before Trump. And I just think that since his presidency, that the groups have pushed even further. And also that goes with, that goes with the influence of social media. But I believe that, you know, like right, right towards the center, you have these, the two main groups and you have, you have uh, Republicans who we're going to play a clip from a Republican next. Um, But I think there's some Republicans who believe and Maybe they even kind of treasure the capitalistic nature of what America can stand for. This this idea of if you work hard, you'll make it that um, certain industries like coal can be the backbone of the American dream, that um, people who maybe are trying to rely on welfare or are more likely taking advantage of it instead of actually in need of it, they don't want to raise their taxes. Um, and they want to, you know, have the feel that politically the right for them to, to be, you know, to bear arms and to, to protect their own family and to be, um, almost, it's funny, it's almost kind of libertarian in a way, but they have this right there on the line, like a basic Republican who Republican who believes in a capitalistic nation and doesn't want to raise taxes. And there you go. There's their standard yeah. Republican who's not necessarily like a big Trump lover, yeah. but just is a Republican and will always vote Republican. And just next to them on the left side is, is the first department of the left, which is the Demo, which is like a standard Democrat who is just somebody who is trying to push for a healthcare system that makes sense for people who maybe can't afford uh, private healthcare, who they want to try and take care of actual, take care of the elderly, take care of those unfortunate, take care of those impoverished um, Democrats who believe in the idea of raising taxes to better supply a, a healthier infrastructure to the nation and tend to, you know, they might have more centrist views on things that are religious or social, but they, they're more likely to tend a little bit more into what America views as left, which is, you know, being pro LGBTQ plus, um, you know, a supporter of black lives matter, trying to initiate more climate change, uh, uh, plans to try and, (laughs) to try and help, uh, curve the, 
you know, the greenhouse gas emissions. And you just have this little line where like neither one is really doing anything bad. You know, even Republicans can even be supportive of the things the Democrats support. And some of the Democrats can even kind of be a little bit on the line of what the Republicans support, but they're just different enough to be two different parties. That's the little divide. And then now since Trump, like the main point I'm trying to get to is that you have this three and four, which is pushed to the extreme sides of both. And you have this really far alt-right side, which is like borderline neo-Nazi, um, you know, QAnon, Facebook, conspiracy theory, Breitbart News. Um, you know, you they, they, the main part being that they will not listen yeah. to the other side at all because they view them as enemies of the state because of just a serious amount of misinformation. And on exactly the other side, the farthest, 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 heavy, far left uh, version of a Democrat also sometimes has a skewed perspective of what is actually maybe the right way to go about things because they're so anti whatever the right is saying. And I I know that it doesn't make sense that I don't have a great example of that on the top of my head, but all I know is what I'm trying to say is that neither side is really listening to the other. And in those first middle zones before Trump, you still had people who would listen to the other and they could have a normal conversation. But there's just like, like Bruno was saying, there's just, it's just so divisive. And I think since Trump came into office, I think there's just this, the split between the far, far right and the far, far left is just as absolutely completely separated as it has ever been. And it's very difficult for them to find any sort of neutral ground on any topics. Yeah, and and y- you must not forget that this is obviously um, a problem of all of America, and even right. for for everyone having I don't know. I've seen so many documentaries where people where people say like, "Okay, I live in the neighborhood where I don't talk to my neighbors anymore because we can't talk right. anymore because of politics," but. Um, right. This is also what makes um, your parliament dysfunctional since two or three years. Yeah. Washington is dysfunctional. Yeah, and I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And the issue, the, the, the funny thing is um, for me to bring a little bit of, of, of a little bit of my opinion um, with that, that um, because in other countries, we have seen around the world that um, this this kind of um, pushing forward into hardliner posi- positions and um, don't believing the other side, etc., comes from the left, but not in the U.S. In the U.S., as far as any time I do research on it, because I'm honestly interested in, it, I don't want to want to want to prejudge anyone who's 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 more conservative or something. But every time right. I get to the point where I see that the that um, the the outer part of the left side only exists and grows as a reaction to the things happening on the right, you haven't had a a, a, a socialistic revolution or anything in your country ever. That is not that, that's not right. the thing, and that that is what 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 makes it um, so interesting and how people like the current president um, drive these things forward by dividing this country 
Like the latest um, example I had was um, after the, do you call it also inauguration with Supreme Court judges? I don't know. Inauguration of, of Amy Coney Barrett. That he said. Yeah, I guess you could that say that. That he said, now we, America, have six and the Democrats have three judges in the Supreme Court. And that is the thing. Like this, this kind of storytelling. We, the Republicans, that's what he means by that. Um, America. He, he all throws these, um, these terms into one pot and makes one other pot with three judges who are sitting there for quite a while in the Supreme Court and say, they, Biden, the people on the other side, they have three. Right, it's the language. It's the language. And, and this, it, it, was, it is what divides. So what I see, I obviously see problems on both sides. And if we talk about possible riots and, um, and a possible, <laughs> we don't want to it, but a, a possible civil war, there are obviously problematic and also violent groups on both sides. Right. But the side that is dividing and has been dividing over the past year, this country, and pushing it to this point, has been the right side. Right. That's, that, that's the way I see it, too. Um, speaking of the right side, I'm just going to take a quick bathroom break, and then we're going to hear from a Republican. Okay, I'm back from the little bathroom break, and I'm just going to play a little clip here uh, from a person who is going to vote for Donald Trump, just to hear from the other side, and it is my dad. His name is Joel Prince, and uh, here we go. Hello, I'm Joel Prince from the great state of Tennessee in the U.S. My thoughts on the election today, I don't have the first damn idea what's going to happen. There's, uh, between the social media and the erratic behavior of both candidates, I think there's more confusion here than ever. Me personally, I'm conservative. I'm going to vote Republican, and then I'm going to hope that Trump will resign and Give it to Mike Pence, who seems to be much more mature, much more stable. But I don't know. Uh, the southern states where I live, we'll, we'll go to work, we vote, we'll see what happens. We'll go to work tomorrow. They're predicting up north uh, in the major cities that they're already boarding up stores and windows. And uh, one way or the other, somebody's going to burn something and steal a lot of uh, Nike shoes and Reeboks and stuff. And... That I don't understand. I don't understand the post-election violence. But it's weird times. It's the weirdest election that everybody's apprehensive about. I just don't know what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, I'm just like every other basic American. We want affordable health care. We want law and order. Uh, We want lower taxes. We want a safe environment. Uh, but again, uh, the social media and the news, uh, it's 
instead of reporting the facts seems to influence voters and uh, there's more confusion now than ever. It's uh, not, it's, it's worrisome, it really is. Uh, these candidates this year are at our all-time low and uh, we hadn't drained the swamp. I think the monsters have just come to the surface. But uh, I am concerned. I uh, just hope for the best, and, and at the end of the day, uh, we kind of get back to where we are, where we remember our values and what's important, and uh, make this country to be uh, profitable and, and take care of each other, the, and those that don't have what they need and the elderly, and get back to where we need to be. But uh, it's going to be interesting, but at the end of the day, whoever gets elected will be my president, and I'll get up in the morning and go back to work. Joel Prince, I'm out. Thank you. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate you sending in your honest opinion. One thing first. Um, a, a little running order here. What I would like to do yes, is um, first talk about um, the things he mentioned, just like we did with yeah. the others, and then second, maybe um, talk about um, kind of discussions and and conflicts um within families which you might have because you disagree and we talked about before so so many families in the US might have this and how how you guys deal with this situation how you have discussions etc um but first i would like to to talk about what he said there yeah i mean so you know he's uh, my dad's Like you said, he's a conservative and he's a Republican. And I think he's one of those kinds of people who would vote Republican no matter who the candidate is. And there's a couple things in this message that, of course, I mean, of course I disagree with, um, but that's just personal. I want to look at, first of all, like you said, I want to look at the first, I want to look at this message sort of objectively. So I think when I hear a message like this about, um, you know, for, okay, let's look at let's look at some things. I wrote some things down before. So his perspective is that uh, the media is influencing voters, uh, and I really wonder why he believes the media and and by this general term, the media. I wonder first off who he's listening to, who he's watching, where. But he said social media, didn't he? Well, he said he said both. He he talked said he said okay. that with social media, it's it's a big issue. But also, he said that he believes the media is influencing voters. And I and I wonder, you know, is that him saying that he doesn't like major news channels like NBC, ABC, CBS because they tend to be maybe leaning slightly to the more to the left, or is he? Where I wonder where where a Republican nowadays, if they don't fall into this heavy alt right Breitbart world, I do wonder where they get their news. You know, if I don't think Dad is somebody who's getting his news from Facebook, um, most people I think by now who have a you know, uh, this sounds a little distorted, but I think anyone nowadays who has like a pretty decent amount of common sense has learned how warped information is on Facebook and how there's an entire, there was two Senate hearings about that, I think. Um, but 
I really am curious what he thinks about the media and where he gets his information from. I think that's a big thing. It's all about information, right? Where does, where does a Republican like him get his information from? Because it obviously influences his, his perspective of how Trump handles things. He's also falling into that category, which I think is really interesting, which is that he did not outright say that he likes Donald Trump. He didn't say, I love Donald Trump, let's make America great again. Because I think that falls into that far, far, far right category. But he is a conservative who's going to vote Republican. However, a little caveat there is that he hopes Donald Trump resigns and that Mike Pence can take over. So that, to me, says, I'm a conservative, I'm going to vote Republican, However, I don't prefer the candidate. I would prefer someone more like the vice president to take over, which he views as a more calm, uh, mature presence in the, in the Republican seat. And I think that's all really kind of interesting. I, I do think this, that this request uh, or this wish of his to that that Trump resign is a little bit of a cop out. I think that's a little bit well obviously he, everyone knows that's never going to happen and I think it's I think it shows weakness in the way that you know he wants to vote for a certain angle so much that he's willing to vote for someone that he hopes resigns. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. I think I never heard anybody say that before. Um but I can understand how that's similar to people who are voting for Biden, although they don't love Biden. He's voting for Trump, although he doesn't love Trump. The same way that some people yeah, are voting yeah. for Biden just to get Trump out. There is a connection there, despite it being a little thin. Yeah. Um, regarding the vice uh, president theory, let's look at the other yeah. side. I've also he heard heard voices that said, yeah, they're not that happy with Biden, but it could happen just because, and don't get me wrong, it is just because of his age that he will not um, fulfill the, the next period and they could really imagine um, Kamala Harris overtake. Right. You also, you also have that. And what I think, I, I want to say s something about Mike Pence later here because I have, um, yeah, I've, I have... Uh, I don't know how to, how to to phrase it. I have looked up so many things about him, and I'm fascinated by this guy. And it's 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 very weird to me um, in in some terms, especially for someone um, living in another part of the world that still is the Western world. Um, but regarding his point, which sounds kind of paradoxical, okay, I'm I'm voting for for Trump. Hope he resigns, and another one, let it be Mike Pence, takes over. As far as I gathered it, and as I'm into it in the in the in the Republicans' campaign, which you did not hear so much about it um, compared to the <coughs> Democrats, because the, their candidate was clear at a very early point, um, is what they made great is that they unified their party. Remember, remember the the the, the beginning of uh, Trump's presidency. There were so many Republicans who in some form heavier or lighter stood against stood up against him. Yeah. 
And this party now is unified and is strong itself. Yeah. Like I guess we haven't seen in a while. And I and it's still it's still paradox because I also can cannot really understand it, but somehow I get it that if you are a Republican voter, um and you've been all your life or whatever, and you really believe in this party yeah. and you've seen them them having having <laughs> having fights between themselves and um <clears throat> oh, big 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 and forth between between candidates, etc. Um, just like the Democrats did now, like the Democrats are not a, you. You have this wide range, which could also be good for your for your level of discussion and progress, etc. You have the range from Bernie Sanders yeah. to Joe Biden, etc. But if you really believe in the power of your party and you see how powerful and how unified this Republican Party is at the moment, I. I, I I somehow get it, even if I don't get it, and I think <laughs> that um, that describes it. it, it it's a nice way to say it <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, mm. I was just because yeah, I get that. Yeah, that you see that you see your party in a strong position, and that you like that your party is in a strong position, even though you don't like the candidate, which is still paradox. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's true. It's a funny situation. It's nice to be surrounded by people that believe the same things you do. I was just looking. Actually, I wanted since you mentioned this uh, perspective, I wanted to see um, maybe what things trumps. Uh, what's the word? Um, oh man, huh? I'm forgetting so many words now, man. Like I gotta stop. <laughs> I either have to like. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta stop take German. I have to stop classes. taking German classes and uh, <laughs> do take my English classes. <laughs> English classes again. Oh my god. Um, next year is the German le election then we're going to do a German episode for the German election my friend yeah there we go and maybe <laughs> maybe by the time we do that I won't be sick and have this crazy voice um, so uh, I, yeah what I wanted to say was um, I wanted to see what things technically Trump has done right so that I could try and connect with the perspective of people like my dad so yeah. I have also listed down some points, but you start. Okay. So I, I'm on the Washington Post, which um, historically isn't really such a a big supporter of Trump, but they do list. Um, they have an article here, WashingtonPost.com. It's an it's an opinion piece, and it's the ten best things Trump has done in 2019. So just off the top here, number ten. He continued to deliver for the forgotten Americans. So unemployment is at record lows. This year, the number of job openings outnumbered the unemployed workers to fill them by the widest gap ever. Wages are rising and low-wage workers are experiencing the fastest pay increases. 57% of Americans say they are better off financially since Trump took office. This was, to be fair, written December 26th, 2019, so almost a year ago. He implemented tighter work requirements for food stamps. Uh, again, about unemployment. Um, he changed, let me see. We require people to work for public assistance. We require people to work for public assistance. We not only help meet material needs, but also help them achieve dignity. Work is a blessing, not a punishment. Okay. Uh, number eight, he has got NATO allies to cough up more money for our collective security. Allies have increased defense spending by 130 billion dollars since 2016 and the white house reports almost twice as many allies are meeting their commitment to spend 
2% of gross domestic product on defense today than before Trump arrived. Number seven, he stood with the people of Hong Kong. He warned China not to use violence to, to suppress pro-democracy protests and sign the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act. I actually didn't know that he did that. Um, his withdrawal from the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces, the INF Treaty, is delivering China and North Korea a strategic setback. Number five, his maximum pressure campaign is crippling Iran. Iran's economy is contracting, inflation is spiraling, and the regime has been forced to cut funding for its terrorist proxies. Uh, number four, his tariff threats forced Mexico to crack down on illegal immigration. Number three, he delivered the biggest blow to Planned Parenthood in three decades. Let me see about this one. Thanks to Trump's Protect Life rule that prohibits Title X family planning funds from going to any clinic that performs on-site abortions, Planned Parenthood announced this year that it is leaving the Title X program bearing a court victory. This is a major pro-life victory and another reason Christian conservatives continue to support it. I see. So that's a victory for Christian conservatives. Not necessarily a victory for America as a whole. Yeah, there we have the, 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 the Pence connection. That's a good point, yeah. So some of these victories are specific to his supporters, not specific to America as a whole. Uh, he ordered the operation that killed Islamic State leader Abu, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. He was a high-risk mission that required U.S. forces to fly hundreds of miles into terrorist-controlled territory. I don't know all the details surrounding that one. Number one, he has continued to appoint conservative judges at a record pace. That also seems very subjective. I don't know if the rest of the ones I read are as subjective, but I can see, like, maybe it's better to look at this as these are things he's done right for his party. Okay, but... That's what it seems to be okay, like. Okay, go on. Yeah, that's, yeah, number one was... Uh, he appealed, okay. uh, he continued to appoint conservative judges at a record pace. Because what what I did, um, I did some research and I found four points that, or four arguments for, and you still got to say for Trump voters that could make them vote Trump again. Oh, okay. This is cool. Um, and the first one is that he, and I, I still wrote down critically because just like you said, it's a point from perspective and I um, especially got, got one thing about those, those jobs and unemployment rates. Um, but the first point is he made people think he kept his promises. There was a research in a, a survey in 2018 and 50% of those questions, Americans said Trump keeps his promises. Even though Obamacare is still not completely gone. Right. Even even though the Mexican walls only has a few little parts standing somewhere. Right. Um, even though the his Muslim ban didn't work out, etc., etc. Still, 50% in this research, half the people believe he keeps his promises. He's really good at... And if you believe that, and if you're not... Um, Go out and 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 search for this information that deeply. Um, he's really good at at persuading people that he keeps his promises. The second one is the economical boom, and he made great use of this um, for his campaign. Um, but if you look at the at the context, um, it's still another thing because um, economics state that the economical boom is um, rising since 2010, since the U.S. economy has, um, what do you call it, recovered from the 
the financial crisis of 2008. Since then, there's an economical boom. Um, and plus what he, he, he um, always stated in his campaign is he built half a million jobs in um, manufacturing. But that has to do with um, the, what do you call it, punitive um, tariffs for Chinese products. Which could lead to other pro uh, problems because you're um, you get get in trouble with the international relations. So, him by um, setting up these punitive tariffs for products from China, etc. Logically, there were more jobs within the U.S. because these pr there's still a need for these products. That makes a lot of sense. But that is something that is something that he did. Um, then the law and order thing. Your dad also mentioned a lot of people look for law and order, and he. Also, the Black Lives Matter um, demonstrations and all of the rights, etc., which have come afterwards, no matter if they they've came from the right side or the left side. Right. I mean, look at he has made great great use for yeah. him to say, okay, I'm the guy looking after law and order in this country. I'm sending the national guard here. I'm um, I'm sending new police forces there, etc. I'm 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 standing behind law enforcement, etc. And a lot of people seem to really like that and feel the need after that. Right. Plus, and I got two two other points left, okay. so it's five, not four mm -hmm. points. Um, the fourth point is Joe Biden is a weak candidate. I've in, also, the, in the eyes um, of, of a lot of people or in the eyes of Republicans? A lot of people, and, and, and like, like we also already mentioned before, not only in, 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 the, in, the, in the eyes of Republicans. Joe Biden is a weak candidate, and a lot of people, and I think this... Um, mainly may affect undecided voters who just want some form of security or some form of um, they just want to know that their country is run by someone who is capable of doing it a lot of people just don't see Joe Biden being capable of it and it's a big plus for him that Joe Biden is for many people a weak candidate and the fifth point that's something you mentioned um, earlier. Trump is living the American dream himself. That's right. Yeah, that's something <laughs> I um, I found during research, and I thought, okay, people are not talking about this, but there is something about it, because as far as I get it, I don't know what what you might say about it, but so many people still strive after this American dream, and there is a guy who has for himself found it and lives it right well yeah i mean a lot of people a lot of people believe that he's someone who worked from a very small amount of starter money from his dad to become this entrepreneur and this you know this icon in the architecture and real estate industry and that he's become you know a self basically a self-made billionaire who has now, because of his success and his intelligence, led himself uh, directly into the presidency. And I think everything you're talking about and everything that we've just discussed in the last hour, I honestly think it all boils down to information. What information are yeah, you that, getting? Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, but, 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 but what do you say about these points? If you're not getting the information I gave extra after <clears throat> giving you the, the, the arguments pro-Trump... Right. Could you believe that those are arguments for voting Trump? Like, sure. Um, jobs, 
keeping his promises, law and order. His opponent is a weak candidate, living the American dream. Absolutely. I mean, to be honest, it sounds very similar to what my dad was talking about or his opinion of it. You know, when you, when I listen to him say things like, um, I don't want to see, I don't want to see looting of Nike and Reebok stores. That's a very gross, um, like understatement regarding the riots connected to the Black Lives Matter marching and the riots. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a very strange generalization of everything that's been going on. And I think it comes down a lot to what information are you getting? How can you be sure what you're being told you know, for him to mention something about stealing Reeboks, but to mention nothing of George Floyd is a, is a great indication of, of the separation of information that's going on in America. You know, people like you and me who Google the things that we Google and who follow the channels that we follow, the first thing we're going to hear is about, you know, the dis- disproportionate murder of African-American men in America when we hear a name like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor. But my dad... Or Jacob Blake and so absolutely, on and so on and so Absolutely. On. The list is painfully far too long. And someone like my dad is... Because of the things that he Googles and the things that he follows and the channels that he looks into and the state that he lives in, which is a huge part of it actually, is going to be fed a certain perspective of America where his only uh, complaint will be that okay maybe something bad happened that shouldn't have happened there's a few bad apples but that I don't understand why people would want to go steal Nikes and Reeboks as a solution and it's it really shows me how separated the the information is, it's really, it's, it's unbelievable how much it all boils down to what you're being told and what you're learning and what you're being shown. You know, it's, there's, we mentioned this earlier, uh, before the show started, there's this documentary on Netflix and you should all watch it. It's called, I believe I'm going to look at it right now. I think it's called the social dilemma. Yeah. Social. Yes. The social dilemma. It's on Netflix and you should watch it because it talks about like the first thing that they talk about is a, is about, how companies and websites use information and data that you've given them based on your purchases and your, and your research and your Facebook and whatever to give you the information that they think you want to see. And that's why I'm always going to see more democratic progressive information from America and people like my dad are always going to see a more conservative right angle perspective of America. And I have to say some of the things I think he believes might not even be his fault, but some of it definitely is, but some of it I think is influence. Yeah. But I don't, but I don't want to soften what I think he, like, I don't want to say that he had no choice in how he views things. I, despite whether people agree or not, or don't agree with him, I do think that 
a lot of people in America are kind of manipulated based on their information to believe the world is in a certain way. And then they have the choice when they are given that information to, to act a certain way. Now, whether or not my dad is acting the right way or not is a different conversation. I personally don't necessarily believe that he's acting or, or taking action in the right way that I would also do. But he was given the information first. And I think that channel between information and person is very diluted. No. You know. But um, there's <laughs> talking about information and talking about fathers that uh, leads me to one part because I want to add one thing to mm -hmm. this. Obviously, information is a big point and you're totally right with everything you said there. Um, but um, there is one other point you must not forget, I think, mm -hmm. and it is the circumstances you grew up with, you live in, and um, the the factors that you benefit of or um, do not. Right, that's and so true. Because yeah. I, I had, I had, had a, a kind of similar in a, it was not that huge, but a, a kind of a, a similar discussion with my dad. I don't know if you, um, you've already lived in Germany at that point, if you have heard the whole thing about, I guess you must have, the G20 meeting in Hamburg. Right. Um, and the and the demonstrations that have been going on there, and there's also been some riots by small groups and and looting, not in the in numbers, not not that big like um, we experienced it or Americans experienced it um, through 2020, but it it also was. And I had a discussion with my dad, and he was also at a point, given the fact that he runs um, a middle class business. Um, as a as a plumber with I don't know thirteen em employees etc. Um, and has has people around him owning shops etc. And we also had this discussion about yeah obviously and I agreed with him it is <laughs> I do not support looting and I do not support that that shops are destroyed etc. But um, it is another this discussion talking about. Um, the the circumstances and the context that it happens within context is everything. That it is a very a very desperate reaction to something that people are oppressed by, and um, I come to this because um, regarding the other part, information with my father, I know, and this, this might have something to do with that um, media still. Um, is organized in some other way and there are still big media outlets that a wider group of people can agree on that they're, they're getting safe information there in Germany. We already talked about this. Right. And then now um, mainly my dad gets his information from, let's say, not completely the same, but many sources I get my information from and mostly similar sources I get my information from. Right. So it could not be that part. But it is the fact that he, and I, I guess, I, I can only guess, so correct me if I'm wrong, that he, given the fact that he's someone who has benefited and risen through his circumstances, building up a business, has benefited from capitalism. 
Yeah, absolutely, of course. Um, etc. He obviously and and all also, and I think this is also a generational um thing. Um, this way of thinking. Um, I have to 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 work my ass off to get somewhere. This American dream storytelling, right? Like starting somewhere, giving her everything, and try to thrive, earn more money. Um, work for a bit bigger company or found your own business and um, make the best out of it to make maximum profit, etc. Um, to I don't know, make money for your family, for yourself, what whatever. We we know the whole whole story, right? And you gotta see that um, you as well as me in our lives, those are not the factors because uh, we are not living in this um, form of of context, right? <laughs> and. And but those guys too do. Um, yeah, that's and, true. And given that, plus a, a way of thinking, a kind of solution um, oriented thinking that that um, you could find everywhere. Just like your your dad, I'm paraphrasing here again. Basically says, okay, I don't see why. Um, Stealing Reeboks might be a solution for something. Obviously, it's not, and that's a, that's a point where I agree. Of course, yeah. But that's not what what it's about. It's it's a, on another. On the, there's, there's a context y- y- missing. That's exactly, it, yeah. you have to debate about it on another level, and that's the thing. And I see so many people, especially from this generation, even if you're that and my are years apart from each other, but um, this solution orientated way of thinking. And those issues are so complex that they do not fit in that way of thinking. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... And I think yeah. that th- that adds on the other part is where do you get your information from, etc. And these parts together, I think, lead to points of view like we just heard. Well, it's like, it's like knowing that a war is going on, but just complaining that the bombs are too loud. You know, it's, it's like <laughs> yeah. missing. It's just missing the whole whole point, kind of. Um, we yeah. it's it's we've we've run into about an hour and forty already. I just want to um, play a couple more clips since we just have a few. We have a few more to touch on. Um, yes, sir. But I still, at some point, and if we do it for the, I think this could also be a great ending. Mm-hmm. Talking about um, discussion within families, etc. Let's and, do that and, really quick, and, and then and then I want to play some 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 more clips we have. Okay, I, we, because we could also do this at, at the end as an ending. But I'm really interested in because, uh, like we just pointed out, I think you and your dad disagree in many points there. And how do you deal with it? What's what's the the, the, the discussion about? Or do you talk about it at all? Or because you also hear from many people like, okay, we don't talk politics within this family when we're meeting, or in your case, having calls, etc., because we want to avoid any form of of conflict. Oh man. Well, yeah, my dad and I definitely, we definitely disagree, um, politically, uh, deeply disagree. And the thing is, um, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of designed in a way from, from birth to, to love your parents no matter what. And, um, despite, my my discrepancies with my dad's opinion on everything going on in America and his his perspective of of other countries and stuff 
um, of course I still love him very much. And I think he was a good dad. Um, and I think having that, having that kind of ingrained in me, having him as like, he was a present father. And I think too many people don't have that experience, unfortunately. And I think I am lucky in the way that he was a present father who told me that he's proud of me. He told me he loves me. He put food on the table. He put a roof over our head. And far too many millions of people don't get that. And I know that I have to be thankful for that. So when I do visit him and I do approach him about some things that I know are going to be difficult, I do get hot-headed sometimes. Of course, I'm not very good at controlling that in the moment because I, I, I am a sensitive person. But I still try because I still have this inkling of hope that there will be some thing that he hears that interests him to open his mind a little bit. I think what I would love for him to, to just try and understand is this concept that the way he thinks things are might not be, and that it, he should be way more open into talking about about how the world is actually working and to, and to want to know more. I think my biggest problem is that he just doesn't want to know more. He, he, he is someone who does diligently believe that the way he imagines the world is the right way, that it is this way for sure. And my poor son, you just don't get it yet. You know, and that's a really troublesome for me because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 30 years old next week. And, I'm not just his naive eight-year-old son in this house in Mississippi anymore. You know, I'm, I'm someone who can help him understand a bigger part of the world that he doesn't have the chance to see maybe without me. And I'm trying to give him all of this um, free, interesting perspective and information, um, conflict-free, just as a chance of connecting and and seeing the world in a different way, but he's just someone who's very rooted in his routines and rooted in his way of thinking. And, you know, he's a, he's a product of his environment and, you know, our, our biggest, our biggest, most intense uh, conflict ever came down to uh, a discussion we had about my brother. Um, My brother's gay. And that was a big issue for my family because of how they're raised, their Christian background, the conservative mentality. My father reacted to that in a way that I disagreed with heavily. And that was the biggest thing we've ever argued about. And it came out great on the other end. Um, or at least it, it's, it's in progress in the right direction. That's probably the best way to say it. And I just sometimes wish that he could focus that same kind of um, acceptance and open-mindedness to to the to the political conversations that we have about why he's voting a certain way, why he believes things work a certain way, why maybe I believe something a certain way. And I know that I get too quick to judge, and I get too loud, and I, my face gets red, and I lose my cool. Um, and that's my weak point because when I just don't understand why someone can, can think a certain way, I just 
get kind of blocked. And uh, yeah, I don't think there's much of a chance when it comes to talking with my dad about about some things politically. And I just have to accept him for who he is and hope that and hope that he finds his own way out of it. Um, and at the end of the day, I think I just have to be grateful for the dad that raised me and for the dad that listened to me when it came to discussing my brother. Um, and those are the things that I'll probably focus on the most when he hopefully a long time from now passes away. Um, but there are obviously things that are very difficult to talk about um, whenever I visit for holidays or something. And um, I don't hide from them. I do bring them up. We do talk about them, but it has never been successful. So I think I just, I, I just keep trying, but I, I have to learn how to not fight with everything inside of me because I'm going to lose every time. I can only just try to present the information every time and hope that something sticks. Man, thank you so much for this very personal and emotional um, insight, speaking so openly about about things like this. And That just flew out of me, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I just can 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 say thank you, and that is of course, dude. This is what this podcast is for, I ha- man. I, th- that is what I, what I mentioned. What I, I love podcasts for, um, especially our podcast here. Um, just thank you for for, for that. <laughs> absolutely, really, dude, absolutely. Look, let's let's um, let's freshen the pace here. Let's get back to the main topic here. This is uh, my friend Hallie, and uh, she's from California. Let's hear what she has to say about the upcoming, well, the election today. Hi, I'm Hallie from California, and because I am living in Germany, I expect to wake up to the delayed news of who our president will be tomorrow. Even though I wholeheartedly support a specific candidate and his running mate, and I completely detest the other candidate, I don't feel particularly good either way, which sucks. I fear that tomorrow, if Trump is president, we will wake up to a whole new wave of protests for women's rights, social justice, Black Lives Matter, environmentalism, and corona protections. But I also fear that if Biden and Harris are elected, that we'll see very similar protests and unease related to election fraud or what is the truth or new corona restrictions that their administration would probably put into place. Literally, me and my family have hardly even talked about this in the last few weeks because we are too scared to jinx the election. We're too nervous to have hope and we're too nervous to even believe in our voting system. And that sucks. Also, I'd like to point out that as an American living abroad, I have to answer all the time to the German population about our politics. So come on America, please make the right decision, not just for yourself, not for today, not for tomorrow and not for your guns. Do the right thing for our country's future and seriously, all of its people. Wow. Well said, Hallie. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. And that was, a, I guess, um, once again, a great, a great roundup on 
of what we have also talked about mm-hmm. possibilities of of the outcome um i can totally connect thing, i can totally connect with this thing she said about you know being an american in germany yeah you're about to bring that's that up what yeah. i want to talk about because <laughs> um to give a little mini spoiler here we'll hear kind of an similar story uh once again if we if we get to that point and that's something i wanted to talk about with you um anyways how's that for you i mean i come having to explain american politics to your german european friends no i completely agree with hallie i mean um you know i moved in 2015 and um Yeah, ever since Trump was, I, I was here in Munich when Trump got elected, and it was a really crazy experience for me. And ever since that, um, every new job or every new friend or every musician I met on the road or something or anybody who realized where I was from, uh, it's always the same question. You know, they 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 always ask, uh, "What do you think about Trump?" Or um, they make some some maybe like tasteless joke about you know, oh, you're, so you're a Trump supporter, right? Or something that kind of just, you know, it's just a joke, but, um, I have to deal with that all the time too. And it's, uh, when you're, when you're not supportive of the representation of your country and you live in a different country, it is a nonstop, uh, it's a nonstop, uh, like circle of not attacks, but just, questions 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 and you just having to say like i don't know i don't know how it happened I, like yeah my country's kind of weird right now <laughs> you know it's like you kind of have to find it, answers for everything that's what i wanted to ask you did you um for yourself find some form of uh, self-defensive standard answer that you give to people yeah i think do you laugh it away or, or, or what's what's your what's your way of dealing with it because i really can imagine that it sucks if you um if people talk to you about it, I want to start a conversation so often about this one specific topic because you're from the same country. Well, one time, one time someone said at a festival, I think some, some promoter or something asked me, said, Oh, you're from America. And I was like, yeah, I'm coming out of new Orleans. And he said, uh, so what do you think about Trump? And I tried to be funny. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> and the, the guy was like, what are you talking about? Of course, the president, you know, like, do you not know anything? And he, oh, no, he took oh, it no. super serious. Was he German? Yeah, I was a German guy and he was being <laughs> super serious. And I was like, no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was like, I don't like him. I don't like him. <laughs> But most of the time it's just like, yeah, I, this old sucks. You know, if, I, if I'm in the right mood, if it's like a cool loungy situation, then I might open up like the way I did now. But um, if it's just like a passerby who doesn't know me and throws a question out with this weird attitude on it, then most of the time I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Well, I didn't vote for him. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, I just wanted to play a clip, uh, just because we're going a little long, but we still have a few more. Um, this one's kind of short. This is from a Canadian guy named Ian and here his, here is his opinion of, uh, the election today. Hi, this is Ian. I'm from Canada. My predictions on the U.S. election uh, are a bit pessimistic in one way. I kind of feel like there might be some shenanigans going on with uh, some early calling, uh, you know, calling yourself the winner uh, by Trump, not waiting for all the votes to come in or be counted uh, from the mail-in things. And I think that might cause a bit of a chaotic situation uh tonight 
But other than that, I, I have a prediction, I guess, overall with the amount of large early turnout that we've seen that hopefully this is a something uh, the country is resetting a bit and I'm trying to and let's say vote out a bit of the chaos that we've seen over the past four years. Well, thank you so much, Ian. It's really cool to hear the opinion of someone who's from North America, but not from the United States. Yeah, sure. It would, it would have been nice to, to have um, the American neighbors to have the other side, maybe someone from Mexico. That would be great. But, yeah, um, that would be cool. No, no matter what, um, that's one thing we left out when we talked about, um, yeah, it could take some days until we have a result. Um, will the bo both candidates, and I think one more likely will than the other, wait mm. until there is an official result? I, I kind of agree with Ian. I think there's going to be a lot of early calls. I think, this, and that's why, you know, Twitter. And will the media wait? Also? Well, you know, you saw what, what Twitter did, right? Where they announced they're going to put these um, r restrictive uh, little side captions on anything that's saying, hey, we won before it's official. Yeah. Um, another friend of mine from... Instagram. Did you see it on Instagram? Um, no. They also did some... No, I just, see, I just see when they want you to vote or when they talk about corona safety restrictions. Okay, because um, on at least that's what I saw in, in Germany. Um, but the last thing I saw was a post of your... A very sweet post of, of your uh, good friend, um, the amazing piano player Jenna. Mm. And... She wore uh, um, the classic I voted button yeah. and Instagram on, on anything that is um, related to this the, to this election, any post, adds this little, you know, when you do sponsored posts, the, those little banners right. go to the website or something like that, that where it says informations about or news about the election. Right. I did see that I for think, the voted, for the exactly. voted posts. Yeah. yeah but, but as far as I got it, that's also for, um, for this case. So it, it might not be the most effective way, but at least it's something so that when people, I don't know, whoever will be posting something about results that are not official, etc., yeah. Instagram automatically puts this button, here are official information about the current state of this election, etc. Okay, okay. Um, an another Canadian friend of mine said, well, I asked her what she thought about everything, and she said, um, my Canadian contribution is there is plenty of room up north, neighbors, thinking of you and your country. <laughs> it's true. It's a fact. There is plenty of space up there. That's so true. Have you ever been to Canada, by the way? Sadly, I have not. I might have a chance next year if things work out with Corona. Um, I've, I've been invited to play a friend's wedding. And it would be near Toronto, mm. which would be really cool because I might be able to spend a couple of days there and see the city before the wedding or after. I also want to go there so bad, but I also haven't been to the States yet. Fun fact, dropping by the German I guy. I can't believe you haven't. Two, after two hours where he talked about American Dude, politics. what is wrong with you? I cannot believe you haven't been there. You have to take me, buddy. We're going to go. We're going to make a road trip of it. And we're going to do a podcast. Uh, like We're going to make a whole podcast adventure about that. Dude, this would be so awesome. Um, let's do, let's see. Okay. Here's another short one from an American friend who is also living in Germany. Let me just find this. Here we go. And her name is Lindsay.
Hi, my name is Lindsay. I'm from the U.S., but I live in Germany. Um, I don't really have a prediction about the election. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I hope for the best. I hope that it's clear that Biden wins, but anything could happen. Four years ago, I didn't think it was possible that Trump could win. So I have no idea anymore. That's a good point. I had, I remember four years ago when Trump got, Oh, thank you, Lindsay, by the way. Thank you. Um, I remember being here when Trump got elected and election night, I remember falling asleep in bed with the, like the sky, the live sky news updates going on and kind of seeing more and more and more red. And I was thinking like, no way, no way, no way. Then I fell asleep. And in the morning, I remember I just felt this kind of weird cloud, like this kind of strange sense of, of anxiety. And then I turned on and it was all over the place that Trump had won. And I was so shocked. I I remember like through the inauguration, I just couldn't believe that what I was seeing was actually real. You know, I just, I just didn't have this understanding, like what I'm seeing is real because for me, Trump was doing this as sort of like a reality TV stunt or something. It was just like, it was a joke. It wasn't real. And then it happened and I just got so shocked. And I remember watching the inauguration and this is kind of crazy. I was watching it on sky live and he was putting his hand on the Bible and behind him was like George Bush, Barack Obama. And I kept thinking to myself, this is so absurd. I'm, I'm kind of scared that I'm going to see a live assassination. Yeah. I had the same feeling. Really? I didn't think that this uh, might sound a bit weird for for some people, but I uh, I thought the same thing, and I always thought there might be because um, when when shit got more and more real, thought okay there might be a real chance that this guy during this legislature might be assassinated. Yeah, I thought the, I thought the exact same thing. I really I really was so. I remember I was sitting on my sofa and I was sweating and I just kept, it was November and I was just sweating and I was like, I'm about to see them like a live attack on, 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 on somebody, you know, it was just so, I was so stressed out. Um, this next one is from my friend Chuck. He's, I think he's going to say it in here, but I think he's half American. And uh, he lives in Vienna. And also, first of all, yeah, I hope I hope he's good, and I hope um, things are getting better in Vienna. Yeah, right. As of Tuesday, November third, who- there was these terrible attacks last night. Yes, and um, do you know? Do you know a lot of details about them? About the attacks? Um, it's it's getting more and more, and as far as it's confirmed, it's been an. Islamistic attack um, in front of a, of a synagogue in Vienna. Plus, there has been um, all in all, as far as I know, six places where there were um, terroristic acts planned and partly um, started. And... Yeah, but but it's getting more and more information, and um, Austria sent the military to Vienna to 
to give the police more um, more space for um, getting after this case. Um, one of the of the um, terrorists got shot by by um, by law enforcement, and yeah, but but the thing is, um, it's getting more and more information. I don't get it, get it all sorted out for myself um, since there were those two humongous topics today, and since I prepared for this show as well, right, right, um, I had to focus more on <laughs> on the other side of the Atlantic. But um, maybe we could talk to Chuck about um, if he experienced anything and we'll get more and more information. For all of you who didn't um, really get news about this, um, check the media, look it up. I'm I'm really sorry to say that as a journalist, but um, it is still a process and there is still not... All of the information out and all of the information official. Um, so there's not so much that we can say about it, about it, but what we can say about it is sending thoughts to Vienna and hope um, that the people there are doing good and that things get better and that Europe stays strong against those kind of attacks. Absolutely. Since there's Absolutely. already been two in France this month or last month. Yeah, I, I guess that's all we can say. Sorry to to interrupt you there. No, but, um, not at all. It's a great, it's been, it's a it's great been a point huge, to bring up. Huge thing today. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah, as of today, November third. That's that's insane. Um, yeah. So Chuck Chuck is fine. He's um, he used to live in Munich. Now he lives in Vienna. And um, since he has American blood, he has sent in a really interesting um, and well spoken, I have to say, uh, perspective on everything. Hi, my name is Chuck Winter. I'm half American musician born in Germany. Two years ago, I moved from Munich to Vienna, Austria. So in a way, I've become an artsy-fartsy immigrant myself in the last two years. The election of Donald Trump four years ago shook me to the bone. I wouldn't have to lie if I said that I didn't get a good night's rest for at least three days and a constant feeling of discomfort and fear has come up every time I'd open Twitter and read the latest Trump ejaculations. It's been four years of constant racism, chauvinism, nonsense, disgusting sexist remarks and hate targeting anybody who would speak against a fortuitous orange sack of bigotry with the tiny hands. Now, almost four years later, we stand with a more than ever divided country and have a choice. A choice of voting out evil, a chance of preventing the seemingly inevitable disaster and chaos that has already struck the United States four years ago and has shown its real face to the world in the ongoing Black Lives Matter and Me Too movement. The president of the U.S. is a disease to a divided nation that has eyes for nothing but evading taxes and making a profit off of the backs of the small people. Bertolt Brecht, I believe, once said that only the dumbest calves vote their own butcher. For some Trump supporters, this might be the most accurate quote to pin. Not seeing how Donald Trump ruins the working class and the country over sharing his hate against minorities and immigrants and women is maybe some of the best evidence for a failing education system in America. 
In my opinion, a vote for Biden is not only a vote for freedom and for equality, but a statement against everything the pussy-grabbing, lying, unprofessional politician wannabe reality star stands for. A vote against bigotry and hate. A vote for better education, healthcare, taxation of the rich, and, to be clear and summarize everything I just said, a vote against Donald Trump. Thank you, Jordan, for letting me speak on your podcast. And yeah, let's hope for the best. Have a good one. Thank you, Chuck. I really appreciate that. Very well-spoken and passionate uh, opinion about everything. Thanks for that. Besides the vocabulary, it uh, reminded me of the of Barack Obama's uh, speech in um, Philadelphia. The first time the Democrats really played that card and brought him on to speak. Oh, that's true. That that's uh, that's true. That's really nice. Um, just because I'm running out of time a little bit here, we've still got just a few more contributors that I'd like to play because they were so kind as to to make an opinion. So, uh, next one is uh, a German lady that we should all recognize from last week's Halloween episode. Hi, this is Evie. I'm in Munich. Mm. So there's so much to say about this and about so many issues that I do really care about, but I guess I will try and just share my own very simple perspective here. Mm, well, my hope is that Joe Biden will win this election because I'm hoping that the U.S. can be a country again that we feel connected with and that we can look up to again and that I don't have to defend all the time and t tell my family and my friends over here that there is still something like common decency and that Trump doesn't reflect almost all people we know, or I guess all people we know. Um, and I hope that the U.S. can return to that, to common decency, to <clears throat> caring about each other, being empathetic and lifting each other up and not just dividing further and further and not being able to see the other one at all anymore. And I hope to see a future in this country for our own future children that will have half of their family over there. Mm. That they can see the U.S. as part of themselves and a country to identify with, to identify with the values that we will teach them and not to be alienated like we are right now. And if Trump does win again, I don't see that happening. And I guess I would just try and latch on to the fact that If you look at history, things always got worse before they got better. So, so for the best. Thank you, Efi. Of course, that's my wife. Um, thank you so much. For and you do not only share a wedding ring, but also the cold you guys have, <laughs> which is also the reason why we do this over Zoom. It's funny. She actually just got over hers, but I guess she on here she does still have the, a little bit of a deeper voice than than usual. But uh, what I, I want like to connect to voice. <laughs> connect to real uh, real quick. Is the point that she uh, mentioned the connection between Europe and the US and a country that we can look up to, which is, um, if you're not from Europe and especially not from Germany, such an important point. The US yeah. helped build up Germany again after the Nazi regime, after World War II. Yeah. And therefore, th this is where this very, very important role and, and, uh, of the US for Germany comes from and being a role model. Yeah, that's we true. also had this when we talked about media. The, the the media system, the journalistic system, is one of many systems that mostly Americans plus the other allies 
but mostly the Americans build up in this country. And I totally agree that this is a point where we want to get back to. I mean, I really couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, I just want to change one thing in my settings really quick because there's one more that I want to play. Well, well, actually we have, let me see here. We have in final, we have three, but one is pretty short. So I'll just do that one next. Um, All right. This is from a fantastic musician right here in Munich. You're going to hear her. You've heard her sing on the Crooked Rail and you're going to hear her sing on um, not this next single that we have coming out next week, but the rest basically of the songs of my new album. Her name is Cosma Joy. Hey, I'm Cosma from Munich and I reckon Joe Biden might have a good chance, but um, since we seem to live in a fucked up and twisted universe where everything happens that's not supposed to happen, um, I guess it's really possible that Trump might get re-elected. Um, I really hope he doesn't, but I'm just bracing myself. So yeah. Thank you, Cosma. Yeah, she sounds like a lot of the Americans and a lot of people around the world that, that I've been talking to about this whole thing, which is just that it looks like Biden could win and they really hope he does, but things have just been so surprising in the last four years and so unexpected and kind of out of control, uh, out of their control or out of their understanding that it could be that Trump, as by the time you listen to this, could be officially voted in for another four years. So, uh from her perspective, it's really clear that she's really hoping that uh, yeah, that's not the case. And still, um, we also heard that, I, I at least my suggestion, I heard that in, in Hallie's voice as well, and this describes a mood that so many people, not only in the US, um, feel all around the world. And you could sum all of this up with being exhausted. Just being exhausted. That's such a good... Oh, sorry. Played that by accident. Yeah, such a good point. Exactly. Um, you can hear the exhaustion there, and I can definitely connect to that as well. Um, here's one short one from an anonymous uh, contributor, and she has a very interesting opinion here about what I really like about this clip that we uh, agreed that we could use for the show. So thank you, uh, to letting, for letting us use this, um, is that her family a hundred years ago immigrated from Europe to America to look for a better life, to look for opportunities and to take advantage of, um, yeah, opportunities at the time and, and to make the best of an, of a new life, you know, this, this classic American dream, and things have changed so much for the worse in their opinion over the years that they are actually trying to reverse that and come back to Europe. So here is a little clip from an anonymous contributor. My family is even um, applying for... Portuguese citizenship now because they are thinking about going to Europe 
like they emigrated in the 1900s and after 100 years they are even thinking about um coming back and they even got like Portuguese citizenship for my 19 my 90 70 years old grandma <laughs> um and my dad even thought about getting her to Germany because yeah he says he will never go back and um like everything is terrible and yeah and as i said my whole family that once went to America because they had barely anything and were, were very poor and hoped for a better life. They are now thinking about coming back. Oh, uh, thank you so much for sending that in. That's, um, that's a, I think for me that an extremely interesting perspective for people who have actually immigrated to America for a better life. And then now things have changed into such an, a direction that they can't, uh, find any more opportunities that they're even, trying to, or they just disagree with so much of the chaos going on there that they're trying to, uh, get passports for Portugal and just come back to Europe, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, this, um, just shows how much of a setback the actual situations of the past few years has been for the U S because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I, um, did not miss out too much in, in history classes, modern American society is based on people migrating there for a better life. Yeah. And so this is a very dramatic step. And I just, because I know you don't get that much time left today, want to ask you one question about it. Of course. What would you take it, what would it take it to you to completely disconnect from America? Oh man. L leaving your family out. Let's say that. But what would it take for me to completely disconnect? I mean, that's, that's, um, I think that's almost an impossible question to answer because, you know, I, I, I think about this question a lot, not even regarding the political climate in America, but regarding the fact that I'm married to someone who's not American. I'm married to someone who's German and I'm living in Germany for this person. And I think about, all the time, how much of myself can I really let go of so that I can further embrace the, the me that is trying to make a life here. And I think that is such a difficult thing to try and process because you have to, it's, it's almost like letting little pieces of your past die. Almost like letting little pieces of your personality fade away and like you're compromising things that you've known your whole life to be right things that you've known your whole life to be the way that the world works and 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 sacrificing them so that you can make room for a kind of growth that you didn't know that you needed to make room for and i think in terms of my political standpoint I think I didn't really even have a, a political voice until I was in college, until maybe I was like 21, just because I always just followed what my dad said. You always follow what your parents say when you're young. Yeah, and, sure. And who's to, who's to say that if I had never left Mississippi, that my opinion would be different at all? I mean, I think I was always destined to leave and to look for bigger cities and to be part of a bigger conversation just that was something I was even when I look back at my old 
diaries and stuff. That was always something I seemed to be hunting for. So there's a chance that I was never going to be able to stay there. But I think if I did, that I, my my voice would be pretty similar to those who are in the Bible Belt and who, you know, are given the information that they're given and, and take the actions that they take. I think that for me to completely leave America behind would be impossible to do. But maybe something I could try and accomplish would be to take what I take the version that I am now as a more a more a more experienced and more understanding person as someone who's just just moved around more and just seen more and just talked to more people. And take that that new version and try and s- spread or or educate or connect with people who were like me before I was twenty back in America and show them that there's so much more to learn about and so many more things to care about than what you think maybe is the most important thing and it primarily being that I think so many Americans really genuinely in their hearts believe that the most important thing about being an American is the goal of making money and that money is the essence of of joy and, and that the system that they've put into place creates wealth. And I think wealth isn't monetary. I think I can be a relatively unwealthy person, but internally be the richest person in the room because I am, I can be surrounded by people whose conversations enlighten me and I can play music with people that I can learn from and that I enjoy challenging back and that I can feel safe and secure by the standards put in place by my government here. And I'm allowed to have the freedom to, to not worry about it and to, to explore other things. So I think I really couldn't ever do that, but I would in, instead maybe try to reach back and share what I've learned. So you're more rather a person who would like to to progress certain things where there are issues than than leaving because there are issues. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Okay, but that. That's a nice attitude. I can um, identify myself with as well. Yeah, with and your. That's a fair answer as well. I think your hometown uh, and where you where you've come from and and where I've come from are in a way not too different. So in in certain in certain departments, and I think I, I feel like you'd be someone who would feel the same way. Um. All right. This is the last contributor. This is a German guy living here in Munich. His name is Christoph. He also turns 30 next week. And uh, this is his love letter to America. And it's a little fuzzy at the beginning. He says, Dear USA. Here we here we go. Dear USA, you're always were a very special country to me. I've watched all of your movies, I listened to all of your songs, and I also grew up with your culture. 
you were there for us when our shit went down and you also helped us to build us up again. This year I've been very concerned when I watch the news. I mean, we saw a lot of hate, division, but also a lot of good people working really hard for peace. So today I'm really excited for you. I wish you all a happy election day, USA, a fair and democratic election. And I really hope you will choose wisely for a bright future. All the best, Chris from Germany. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think that is a very, very um, sweet message to the USA, which, which also matches um, the point we talked about, like um, how important the US and A were for Europe and for Germany in the past. Um, I think he, he, he surrounds that super sweet. And I think that is a super um, sweet and fair message for the end. And I think we also wish the USA a fair and good and happy election day as far as that is possible. And I think that's a fair point um, to end for today because as you mentioned at the very beginning, we're going to give a little update tomorrow on whatever we know then. And I think then we can <laughs> complete this big election special. Thank you, Jordan, so much. Or do, do you have anything to left for today you want to say? I think you and Chris said it perfectly, man. He had such a sweet way of wrapping up the contributions. I do want to say uh, thank you to every single person who sent in a voice message. a voice message today. I know it was a bit last minute, but your voice on this show means everything to us. And it's really great to get your perspectives and your opinions and to hear from you. And um, I want to thank my dad for sending in this uh, message. I don't know if he, um, I don't know if he did it just for me as a favor, or if he did it because he wanted to get his, uh, his perspective heard. But I think despite my feeling towards his views that it's kind of brave because he knows that this is uh, a liberal show. It is, it is brave. And um, to, to speak from my point of view, because we've discussed about this and I texted you that um I hope that we also um, get a perspective on when we collect those voice messages, which is f um, who is someone who, who votes Republican, because I think it also would have been kind of sad to only have one side portrayed if this is an election spe uh, special. Exactly. And an election at least always needs two parts. Um, and so also from my side, um, Mr. Prince, a big thank you. Um, I am super happy that we can bring different perspectives on here and yeah jordan i hope will, will you watch will you watch any any broadcasting or something about the election tonight or will you try to um enjoy your sleep <laughs> no man it's it's 10 30 in the evening here on tuesday and i'm gonna go immediately watch election stuff until i'm told to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> that's what i what's uh, i'm also um, about to do uh, so thank you for the contributors and, um, we're going to have a little update tomorrow, but I do want to say if you've enjoyed today's show, please go to, uh, patreon.com slash Jordan Prince. Uh, you can support us there for as low as $3 a month. You can get exclusive content, some behind the scenes, some live videos, um, and you can just support this, these kinds of conversations. Um, if you want to be a part of the next, um, episode where we need to get clips from people you can follow us on instagram at 
artsy fartsy immigrants where we that's where we're going to do our call outs for people to submit you can send your your opinions to uh, or comments in general about the show to podcast at m945.de and like we said at the top of the show if you enjoy it please go to apple podcast or spotify or wherever you listen to the show give us a like review a comment or a share or just tell your friend about us it helps so much more than you could ever know. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck and good night. Yeah. Good luck, good night. Here tomorrow. Uh, so here we are. It's Wednesday, November 4th, and it's around 3.30 in the afternoon. And we can just look quickly at um, the election updates from the Associated Press. And we've got Joe Biden with 238 electoral college points and Donald Trump with 213. Very interesting race. I really didn't expect Biden to come back up so so high. When I woke up this morning, he was, he was below. I think it was 210. Is it and really 238? Is it 238 now? Yeah, okay, because I got CNN running, and I think they still picture two twenty four. Right, right. I don't know if the Associated Press is estimating or if or if it's just a more quickly updated process. But a lot of the TV programs I looked at were behind. Like I, I was looking at yeah. NBC and ABC as well, and they only had like two twenty five or something at the time. Yeah, what we just experienced or what we just uh, witnessed, I got CNN running here, is that. Like 15 to 20 minutes ago, we reached a point where Biden overtook Michigan by what was predicted, because now the mail-in ballots are coming in, and the more mm -hmm. urban uh, counties, etc. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, CNN still says 224 to 213, and Biden leads in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Trump leads in Pennsylvania. Right. I'm looking at the stats right now. Biden's ahead of him in Michigan by 0.3%. And Trump is ahead of Biden by basically 10, 10 full percents. Uh, percents. <laughs> 10%. But anyway, I think people will check numbers on their smartphones anyway. Yeah. But what we can say is that we definitely have to disappoint Kati and a few of the other guys that send in their messages. It is Wednesday afternoon and we do not have a result and... We pictured a kind of best case scenario yesterday that would be one candidate having such a clear win that there's no room for misinterpretation mm -hmm. and we will not get that. It will be a close one anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's hope it's not close enough to have any uh, recounts, but I think we've heard a lot from Donald Trump that if it is close enough, they will absolutely call for that. Um, I just want to quickly play a clip from my friend Matt, who uh, sent us a very short message yesterday evening after we stopped recording uh, when he was watching the first polls uh, come in. Hi, I'm Matthew Martinez. I'm five foot ten, have brown hair, brown eyes. I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana, America. And I'm bracing myself for Donald Trump to be our president. God help us all. So it's pretty clear. At the time, Trump must have been quite ahead in the lead, and it's definitely not what he wants. And his lovely wife in the background, Jenna, seems to feel the same way. <laughs> But that um, leads to one other important information that we have by today, that um, Mr. Donald Trump has around 2.30 Eastern Time um, 
uh, spoken to his his party guests at the White White House East Wing and proclaimed that he has won this election and that um, right. polls, uh, ballots that come in late should not be um, counted and that he will approach the Supreme Court. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I guess that's, so that's least, the most uh, important information because that's something there have been so many speculations about on how long he will wait to say something like this. Yeah. And yeah. he did not wait that long. He didn't wait that long at all. I mean, as of now, as of Wednesday at 3.30 uh, hour time, Munich time, um, he's, yeah, he's already came out and said like to his people that we've won and we should stop counting any more ballots uh, already, which is pretty crazy. Um, but let's look at another clip from my friend Nick. This also came in uh, later last night. It came in around one in the morning Uh, New Orleans time, so around 7 a.m. in Munich. Hey, Jordan. This is Nick from New Orleans, Louisiana. Well, you asked for my opinion, so here we go. Uh, Personally, I have no idea how this election is going to pan out. Uh, No matter who gets elected, I think it's going to be more of the same. Both parties are in the same practice. They use tax dollars to fund their agendas and use clever catchphrases to ignite a radical base behind them. I think these agendas only benefit the donors who keep them in power. Voting is important, yes, but I think voting is more important to perpetuate the illusion of choice. The real choice actually goes to the elite college of individuals, all doing their best to make sure their team wins. Personally, I have a distaste for government. Given the current conditions, I see no reason to trust the government to do anything beneficial for the people of this country. I think now, more than ever, it's up to the individual to be the vehicle of change. Thanks a lot, Nick. Later. And thank you to uh, Matt for your clip earlier as well. Yeah, Nick is someone I've known for a while who's always bordered on the perspective of a libertarian in the sense that, I don't know if you've seen Parks and Rec, but he always reminds me so much of Ron Swanson. I think he's someone one day who will just throw his computer into a trash can, walk into the woods, build his own cabin, bury his money in the ground, and completely go off the grid. He's always had a pretty strong pretty strong um, opinion about government and banking systems and yeah. So thanks, Nick, for that. That's really, that is a really interesting perspective because I think he's more in the middle. I think that's an interesting thing we haven't had yet. We had my, my dad who's far right and my, some of these friends who are far left and uh, Nick is kind of walking an interesting middle ground line there. Yeah. And that's one um, point we did not touch on yesterday because obviously it was um, probably also too late for that topic to talk about on election day. Um, the issue of only having to choose between two parties. Because right. there surely are so many other perspectives and people that um, set their focus on other topics that the two big parties um, do not cover. And um, yeah, so it's nice that uh, they later, <laughs> um, and I hope he did not vote for Kanye West. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I really don't know. I hope not. Probably, probably not. I assume he probably voted for Biden, or or perhaps he didn't vote at all. I'm really not sure. When people have such a distaste for both parties, it is sometimes the case that they don't vote at all. Um, the last clip that I would like to play 
um, is from a friend of mine named Ben, and he's he's also from New Orleans, but he's different because he's just moved to Hamburg a couple of years ago. Uh, he's actually the guy doing the graphic design for the next music video that we have coming out next week. Uh, so here's a clip from Ben, an American living in Germany. Hey, here's Ben, a real artsy-fartsy immigrant from Louisiana, living in Hamburg, Germany, since just a couple months before Trump won the election in 2016. And that was a really surreal experience, waking up the day after the election. I was very caught off guard. Um, It makes this election also very interesting. Um... My prediction is that Trump will call that he won the election before all the ballots have been counted and that those ballots that will still need to be counted will overwhelmingly be for Joe Biden. I mean, it could certainly go a ton of different ways, but that's kind of what I think all of the signs are pointing towards. Um, But it's really weird being here in Germany, being outside of the U.S., basically feeling like you have to defend yourself, whatever you're introducing yourself as an American, um, because people here are very politically minded. And so I do regularly get asked what I think of Trump uh, and am expected to be able to explain the phenomenon of Trumpism. Uh, It's a lot. But yeah, for me, it's just, it's very difficult being far away. I want to be with my friends and family to to kind of get through this chaos with them. Um, That's one of the toughest parts, I think, is just having to be afar and so you don't feel like you could really directly do anything uh, if somebody needs your help uh, or is, you know, feeling down because of the election. Uh, It's, yeah, a very stressful time, I think, for everybody. Um, I would want to mention that I think one of the things that's helped me stay connected to what's going on in the U.S. is all the really great uh, podcast journalism, like... Uh, Radio Lab and The Daily, who are both doing really great on the ground interviewing with people and covering a ton of different aspects of the election that I don't think that I ever would have uh, thought of on my own that I don't see in news articles. And I feel like they're pretty in depth. So, anyways, I think the most important thing for this election is to just try and keep your cool while we wait for the results that uh yeah we do everything we can as citizens to support getting all the votes counted because that's just how a democracy should work um and yeah those are my thoughts and predictions for this year's election thank you so much ben really well said and thoughtful. And, um, I think you forgot a podcast in that list, my friend, (laughs) (laughs) but I I totally agree with him. Um, American, um, podcasting journalism is also what 
helps me as a European um, get deeper insights I would not get over TV or um, normal radio into American politics and hearing voices of citizens and politicians, etc., etc. Um, regarding yeah. his his prediction, um, that is what we're seeing right now. That w what we are seeing right now. Yeah. That the vote called it. He called it about Trump. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, trying to stop the ballots pretty early on. Yeah, plus the the ballots that come in right now tend to lean more to to Joe Biden being mail-in ballots, etc. Um, and one point I got because um, I also have seen a talk about this on German TV um, on the on the coverage of the election tonight um, or last night. That is the point that he, he mentioned people here are so politically minded. And I would not say that in general, but there is a big difference. Um, we haven't talked about yesterday. Maybe a point why so many people over here um, do not understand why people vote Trump. There has been, um, they showed a survey yesterday. If the election would take place in Germany, only 4% of Germans would vote for Trump. And I think, and, and they they talked about an interesting point in a different of um, political culture mm -hmm. that you have it m more likely in in America that um, people vote one candidate candidate because of one topic for right. I don't know. Let's go into Taxes. extreme positions: taxes or evangelicals who vote for a Republican um, candidate because of his um, pro life position or whatever and yeah. in germany um yeah people tend to more likely vote f f for a party and for for a candidate for more than one topic yeah that's true that's true that actually makes a lot of I sense i don't want i don't want to want um no but that's an interesting perspective that yeah. that americans tend to vote based off of one major topic that means the most to them and in german parliament they tend to think more of um or they feel more connected to several different topics maybe they can compromise oh they're not so great on that one but they are great on these other three so maybe it is the better option in general and i do actually wonder since there's a four percent of germany that would vote for trump what the correlation would be of that particular group of people against the AfD party in Germany and if those have any sort of connection or maybe they don't but I would be curious to know that yeah I we had to do more maybe not it, but um maybe yeah. it's more about the wealthy uh, the wealthy people who want to keep um keep their taxes low yeah there I I think there could be a a, a group that would agree with positions of of both the German right-wing party AfD and uh, Trump's positions, but also, like you mentioned, people who would in Germany more likely probably vote some some party like 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 FDP, who are a party mm. who stand for for more like lowering taxes and um, benefiting big companies and entrepreneurs, etc. That sounds more. That sounds more relatable to it. Um, okay, guys. So that's the that's the Wednesday. November 4th, 3.43 p.m. update. Uh, Biden looks like he just might barely take Wisconsin and he just might barely take Michigan and Trump is pretty far ahead in Pennsylvania as of now. Um, so hopefully we'll know more by the time that you're listening to this. If you have any feelings, concerns, comments about um, anything, anything that we've covered in this episode and you'd like to have your voice heard, 
feel free to send us an email, podcast at m945.de, or if you have Instagram, you want to just send us a DM at artsyfartsyimmigrants, any uh, criticisms or comments or anything like that, uh, feel more than more than welcome to send us something. Um, Mo, thank you so much for, you know, helping research and put all this stuff together and for producing the episode. This has been a lot of fun. It's been something really different. And uh, I hope, I also want to thank again, the people that contributed. And um, I hope that some people learned some things they hadn't heard before or hadn't thought about before this election. And maybe, maybe, um, you know, had a deeper understanding of a topic they hadn't before spent much time on. And um, thanks to everyone who always uh, comes back every week. Um, Make sure to go to wherever you're listening to the show. Give us a share. Give us a comment, like we said. Um, And thank you so much for listening. We're going to see you next week. Yes. A big thank you from us to you. One very last question. Yeah. How long did did you stay up last night? I actually didn't make it too long. And we did the show and I I was drinking wine during the episode and I got about an hour after (laughs) and they had just started taking in ballots. And I I remember I was sitting on the sofa and I dipped out and I was like, all right, I gotta go to bed. I'll just get up early and watch watch it the whole day. Okay. Okay. And that's what I've done. I've just watched it the whole day. Yeah. It's kind of same for me, but I at least made it until uh, 3am, but then nothing seemed to happen anymore. I think but, I would have done that. I think I would have done that if it wasn't for the fact that there was going to be so many mail-in ballots coming in late. Yeah. Yeah. But it's such a slow, such a slow count. So let's see what happens and what we will know until tomorrow when this episode comes out. And I'm really looking forward um, to talk to you again next week where we can maybe have a little, a little birthday special. Yeah, you, well, you know, um, yeah, we're gonna we record usually on Tuesdays. The episode comes out the day. Let's see, the episode comes out on the twelfth, right? Yeah, if that, yeah. Next week is huge, man. Um, my wife Efi wrote a television show called Stichtag. It premieres on Join on the twelfth, the day that our episode next week premieres. We're gonna have my thirtieth birthday to talk about. And we're going to have my brand new single, I Wish I Hadn't Got Stoned. It's going to be coming out on the 13th. So next week is huge. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I look forward to talking about that with you then. Yeah, me as well. Until then, thank you and bye-bye. Bye-bye.